Celebrate the historic 100th Greeley Stampede, June 23rd through July 4th, featuring concerts, rodeo, carnival, and more. Tickets available at GreeleyStampede.org. This is Mornings with Kale and Northern Colorado's Voice, 1310 KFKA. Well, it's all about the name game. 808 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA, Mornings with Gail, from the Allo Communications Studios. All right, I've been following this ever since, and we're getting a little bit into the Wayback Machine here, but uh, not too far. Now, you, you, you do remember, okay, and this caused a little bit of a flap as voters that were deciding uh, the Thompson School District Board Director race, well, they had the opportunity to choose between two candidates, Alexandra Lessum and Blake No Mandates Law. He says, that's my nickname. Now, his name appeared with that nickname on the ballot, uh, well, and causing a little bit of uh, discussion and some consternation among county clerks because they've long questioned uh, whether that is kosher uh, to put a nickname on the ballot. But he said uh, that uh, when he used that as his nickname, and of course, no mandates uh, referring to all those COVID-19 mandates, he said he's gone by that nickname long enough. So that nickname did appear on the official ballot that was sent out in Larimer Uh, Boulder, and Weld Counties. Now, he uh, told Nine News at the time, when the time came up to put my name on the ballot, I said, you know what? I'm already going by it. Might as well be on the ballot. So I put it on as a nickname. Of course, he was very passionate about uh, getting rid of uh, mandates and focusing on what communities want. And he said the nickname actually came from friends. Now, he told Nine News, once again at the time, here's what I can tell you. The world of politics can sometimes be tricky. He is the master of understatement. And we acted completely within the law. Now, Colorado does allow candidates to include one nickname on a ballot if they regularly use it and it doesn't include any part of a political party's name. Well, enter Larimer County Clerk and Recorder Angela Myers. She said, I prefer, and this seems to be, uh, I think, pretty consistent among county clerks and recorders, I prefer not to have things like this on the ballot. For me, she said, it opens the watershed. Probably, oh, telling words, Probably we're going to have this in every election for somebody. So I think it is a part of the law that needs a bit of tightening up in my mind. Well, of course, you had uh, Mr. No Mandates, Blake No Mandates Law, winning that election. But speaking of uh, tightening things up, I've been following this story in background. Uh, It involves uh, Dave Williams, uh, who wanted to use a nickname on the ballot. And that nickname, well, it has a lot of implications because he wanted to use Dave Let's Go Brandon 
Williams on the ballot. Oh, cue the squalling and the caterwauling, because once again, I do agree that there does need to be some tightening up here, because as you're well aware, let's go, Brandon, not the most complimentary of terms. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You all know uh, what that actually entails. So I don't think we really know need to go into a whole lot of depth about that. Now, let's go, Brandon, according to a piece by Nick Coltrane in the Denver Post just popped up uh, yesterday that not too complimentary, once again, rhyming stand-in for an epithet for President Joe Biden. It meets the legal standard to be state representative Dave Williams' nickname, but its political nature, and see, that's the key in this entire conversation, its political nature nonetheless disqualifies its use on the primary election ballot. Uh, This is according to a ruling issued by a Denver judge just yesterday. Now, as you're probably well aware, Williams is seeking the Republican nomination for the Congressional Congressional district that covers El Paso County. He sued Secretary of State Jenna Griswold last week to have it included as a nickname on the June primary ballot. He brands his social media accounts as Dave, air quote, let's go Brandon, close quote, Williams, and he even signed the lawsuit as Dave LGB. Williams. Now, of course, Let's Go Brandon became a a slogan in some circles of politics after NASCAR driver Brandon Brown said that a chant directed at Biden was actually the crowd cheering for him. Has that ever been resolved? And, you know, it kind of stinks, doesn't it, to be Brandon Brown? Because now he's got to carry this around with him as well. And... through no fault of his own. Your thoughts this morning, 970-353-1310. Drop me a text, 888-530-0043. And, of course, uh, that slogan has been sold on hats and T-shirts and flags. And, uh, well, it's actually been heard at uh, some events. Now, Griswold said in a statement, the court's decision today affirms that the content of the ballot is not a place for political gamesmanship. As Secretary of State, I will always protect Colorado voters' rights to accessible elections, and that includes a ballot that is fair and transparent. Well, this is pretty transparent. My office will continue to uphold Colorado election law and safeguard voters' rights to make their voices heard. Now, Williams, for his part, he's not backing down. He said he plans to appeal the decision. He said lawmakers should take action if the Colorado Supreme Court doesn't hear the case. Williams said in a text message after the ruling, the judge agreed it was a genuine nickname in accordance with state law. But unfortunately, it seems as though the parameters of the use of nicknames is, uh, well, it's, it's a little bit fuzzy. So perhaps they are getting toward uh, tightening up uh, the restrictions when it comes to using a nickname on a ballot. But once again, Williams in that text message saying the judge agreed it was a genuine nickname in accordance with state law, but ultimately made the wrong decision. 
He continued, the corrupt Secretary of State, his words, not mine, doesn't get to take power for herself while violating the rule of law. Well, it seems like this is up uh, to some interpretation now, doesn't it? 970-353-1310. Drop me a text. 888-530-0043. Williams, in that text message after the ruling, went on to say, We demand the Colorado Supreme Court do its job by hearing this appeal. And if they don't, then lawmakers should take away their salaries or move to turn them out of office. So, Friday... Tomorrow is the deadline uh, for the Secretary of State to deliver the primary ballots order and content to county clerks. The ballots, by the way, must be printed and in possession of the county clerks by May 28th, and they start being mailed out June 6th. Now, Williams is challenging incumbent U.S. Representative Doug Lamborn for the Republican nomination for El Paso County, uh, the El Paso County congressional seat. Williams is running to be the incumbent's, uh, the, the incumbent's right in the deeply red district. Interesting phrasing there. Now, in a speech to uh, secure the spot on the June 28th primary ballot, Williams singled out the three-term congressman as uh, someone to vote for if delegates want to, quote, keep the establishment and the status quo where nothing gets accomplished and our values are constantly undermined. Uh, This according to Colorado politics, but more fireworks when it comes to the name game. Do you think that nicknames should be allowed on the ballot within reason? 970-353-1310. 970-353-1310. Drop me a text. 888-530-0043. All right. 818 now. Northern Colorado's Voice. 1031-1310. KFKA. This time check sponsored by the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse, which brings you each and every show, the ultimate musical dinner theater experience. Find out what I'm talking about. Jump online, visit coloradocandlelight.com for tickets and show information. Candlelight Dinner Playhouse in Johnstown, Broadway in your backyard. It's baseball season and the Colorado Rockies can be heard on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. All right, so we've uh, glanced on this topic and get into it uh, in a little greater depth in our 835 segment. But as you're well aware, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a measure into law just this past Friday that dissolves Walt Disney World's special governing power in the state after the company announced public opposition to a new parental rights law. Who's against parental rights? Could you tell me that? But apparently uh, Disney is uh, to that new parental rights law in the state. At the bill signing ceremony, DeSantis said Disney lied about the content of the state's new parental rights in education law. And he viewed uh, the company's vow to fight it as unacceptable, saying you're a corporation based in Burbank, California, and you're going to marshal your economic might to attack the parents of my state. We view that as a provocation, and we're going to fight back 
against that. Now, as Disney decides to go for woke, I have a question for you. Is opposition to parental rights really the hill for a children's entertainment company to die on? And then on the flip side of the equation, is uh, Florida smackdown of Disney even legal? We're going to take a deep dive into that with one Drew Allen. Uh, Drew Allen is host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. He's a Texas-bred, California-based millennial author, columnist, and a political Allen, uh, analyst. Uh, Drew Allen of uh, the Drew Allen Show weighs in right around 8.35. 8.30 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA. Everything you need to know about Northern Colorado is on NOCO now. Weekdays at 9 on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Nope, it's woke. They got to change the lyrics to this. Oh my gosh, as the battle royale continues relative to Disney in Florida. 837 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310-KFKA. Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications Studios. This, as I mentioned before the uh, bottom of the hour break, uh, that uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a measure into law on uh, Friday evening last Friday that dissolves Walt Disney World's special governing power in the state after the company announced public opposition to that new parental rights law in the state. I mean, the hypocrisy, the irony here that you have a company that has made gazillions of dollars uh, thanks to the generosity of parents coming out against parental Rights. So I ask you the question, is opposition to parents' rights really the hill for a children's entertainment company to die on? 838 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA. Drew Allen is host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. He is a Texas-bred, California-based millennial author, columnist, and a political analyst. Uh, you can find his work at uh, DrewThomasAllen.com. So, hey, Drew, what do you think about all this? Oh, well, I mean, I'm just kind of sitting here watching... You know, it's 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 stunning. It's uh, perplexing. It's fascinating at the same time. Um, I, you know, to go off of what you were saying just before, I mean, it it is amazing that Disney is uh, well, they're wholly consumed and controlled here by what I think is a small radical fringe minority of their employees. Certainly, it is a small radical fringe minority of this population. These these activists who are who are wanting you know, teachers to indoctrinate kindergartners with a, a sexual education. Um, right. I mean, these are these are sick perverts. I mean, that that is an appropriate term for these people. You have to be a pervert to want to tell a kindergartner about sexuality. Yeah, exactly. And 
I mean, I'm almost speechless, Drew, and that's that's really hard to do when you're a talk show host. Uh, but when you take a look at the way the bill has been characterized as a don't say gay bill, that has nothing to do with it whatsoever. So once again, it's just uh, trouble in the house of mouse as uh, Disney World is politicized over the top. Yeah, well, in one sense, this is uh, it, it, this is Trump Russia collusion. This is Trump quid pro quo. Um, not in the sense that it was wholly fabricated by the Democrats, but you know this this false, you know, calling it the "Don't Say Gay" bill. It was a, an attack on DeSantis, right? They fear him as a future political opponent. I mean, yeah, they want to defeat him in Florida. They know that's not going to happen uh, this year, but they know he's going to be a presidential candidate for the Republicans. And so really, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it, there's two purposes for this. But the reason they really went all in, I think, with mislabeling it, lying, calling it don't say gay and making it this big issue is because they want to they want to start soling and tarnishing DeSantis because, you know, mm-hmm. they need to stick something on him and stick it on him early so they can, you know, mount their their offensive against him uh, when he eventually runs for president. That's part of this, too. Well, and you had our own governor, Governor Jared Polis, uh, jumping uh, into the fray with both feet, uh, uh, saying that uh, uh, Florida's uh, moves are an authoritarian socialist attack on the free market. And, of course, Polis, who is the first openly gay man elected to statewide office in the United States, well, the trolling continued, uh, saying, we will grant Mickey and Minnie full asylum in Colorado. Oh, please. Yeah, I mean, how can it be possible that, that um, you know, the state of Colorado, for example, you know, they can, they can elect, uh, you know, the first gay uh, uh, governor there, and yet, you know, we're, we're such a homophobic, terrible people, aren't we? I mean, every, yeah. every, this is such a bunch of hooey. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I couldn't have said it better myself. And then, oh, now you've got to Gavin Newsom. And I know this is music to your ears. I wish he would just go maskless back up to face uh, French Laundry as he shut other restaurants down, telling people, no, you've got to stay home. But you had uh, Newsom weighing in on this as well. And I just find the irony priceless. Yeah, well, it is amazing that a state where, uh, you know, countless, countless corporations have fled this state due to excessive taxation and uh, anti-business practices and attitudes and sentiments from Newsom and the California government here. Uh, you know, he's out there saying that, you know, DeSantis now is somehow uh, not business friendly, you know, which is such a joke. But, you know, DeSantis is right. He wants to keep these California corporations actually out of Florida. Don't come here because he knows what happens. Now you have a lot of citizens who are actually conservative fleeing California, so they're actually a benefit to states these days. It's kind of a funny thing that's happened, but these corporations and businesses, they flee and they bring their employees, and they're a bunch of uh, uh, wacko libs who are going to vote for these policies that have destroyed the state. (laughs) 843 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA. Drew Allen is the host of the Drew Allen Show podcast, Texas Bread, California-based millennial author, columnist, and political analyst. You can find his work at drewthomasallen.com. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Disney hypocrisy, shall we? Uh, this, as Disney is expanding its operations, being the 
the woke corporation it is, to 10, 10 anti-gay countries, uh, many of which punish gay people with lengthy imprisonments and others put those people to death. Riddle me that, if you would. Yeah, well, it just goes to show it's all a bunch of empty virtue signaling. You know, they're just creating an issue to stir up controversy and more divisiveness in the country. And you're right. I mean, these same employees that are fighting against something that doesn't discriminate or harm them in any way whatsoever, uh, they have they will not speak out against the company's positions in terms of visiting these places that are, you know, are openly anti-gay, you know, where it's criminal to be gay and so on and so forth. But this is the case when you look throughout the world. Um, I mean, it's just there's there's a vast uh, ignorance in this nation and a lack of appreciation and objective reasoning and understanding about how great this nation is, how wonderful we have it. Um, You will not have uh, uh, anyone in any political office in most of these other places uh, that is gay like your governor serving. You know, that that's not possible. Um, And I just I really think it's sad that people buy this media narrative that is is painting this this non-reality, right? I mean, if you go throughout your daily life, you're not walking down the street, you're not seeing gay people attack, you know, left and right next to you. You're not seeing all of the all of the I guess my point is all these narratives that the left is feeding people about how terrible America is. It's not what you actually perceive in your own life and experience. It's just something they put in your head via a TV screen. All right, so that uh, Reedy Creek Improvement District, which, in effect, uh, made Disney World its own, well, literal kingdom, its own fiefdom, allowed it to run its uh, own private government. My understanding is it uh, had its own uh, firefighting uh, group. It had, uh, you know, took care of its own roads. No potholes on the way to uh, Walt Disney World in uh, Florida. Uh, but it begs the question, Drew, should the government allow that with private businesses to essentially uh, establish their own territory? And then you have to wonder, what about the villages? Is the villages next? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. Well, you know, it's, it's, and nobody really knew about this until until this controversy. Unfolded. No, I didn't. I, no. Yeah. I mean, who know that we that Disney was its own little Vatican in Florida, um, <laughs> Vatican City? I had no clue. Uh, but, but you know, you, you hear a lot of things now, right? Okay, can he do this? Is this going to – if Disney challenges this, uh, um, can he get away with it? Is it, is it an attack on free speech? But I, 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 don't, I don't really care about much of that. I mean, I look at this. Yes, why should they have special privilege to begin with? And secondarily, if they could vote to give them a special privilege that no other corporation enjoyed in that state, why can't they vote to take it away? Of course they can. So, right. you know, I think people are overreacting this, and I don't think they're paying – proper measure or thought to the severity of what Disney's saying. I mean, Disney is going, as announced, they were going to war with Florida and DeSantis. So mm-hmm. it's a hostile environment that they started. They said they were going to dedicate their business, essentially, uh, to making sure that the, the, the parental rights legislation was overturned in a court. I mean, that's insane. They're playing with fire. And I don't think these are normal times. Um, you know, this is a little bit of an extreme example, Gail, but, you know, uh, Lincoln suspended, you know, habeas corpus during uh, the Civil War. You know, there, there are certain situations. I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but I'm just saying there are certain situations you look at and, and kind of extreme measures have taken. But let's also not pretend that this government, our government, uh, and the Democrat Party especially, do not violate the Constitution every single day. I mean, we've had the Second Amendment. There's been, I mean, the fact that you can limit magazine capacity in California, that's unconstitutional. Mm. 
Right. But we've been living with this for a long time. And, you know, I would say I'm wrestling with this. No, n- n- not so much because I think it's all goofy what Disney is doing. Um, but I think we can agree that nine times out of ten, it's not good practice for government to retaliate against a business. But if ever there was an exception, isn't this it? That's what I, that, exactly. I mean, look, when you have companies that are basically colluding, uh, to, to carry out a leftist agenda that is, frankly, a Marxist agenda that's going to destroy this, case, this nation, destroy our kids, yeah, I, take, I, I will make an exception. And I'll say, look, this is how extreme it is. When, the, when you know and understand what these people want, when you understand and you see these libs of TikTok videos of these teachers bragging about kindergarten and first graders, how they're teaching them you know, and, and giving them slideshow presentations on how to, beca- how to tr- you know, transition into another sex. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, um, no, no, it, it, it's war. It's about our children. It's about the future of our country. No, I mean, we're going to pull out all the stops, I think, Gail. And I can't disagree with you whatsoever. Drew Allen, host of the Drew Allen Show uh, podcast. Where do you see all this going? Well, I see a massive victory for uh, us, Americans, uh, people that are conservative-leaning. Um, I think, you know, the, the rhetoric's going to get out of control. I think the left is going to continue to... To, to up that, it's going to be, uh, you know, just remember the Trump years. Everyone was couldn't wait for uh, the, the left to stop doing that to Trump. It never ended. You're just going to see a lot, lot more crazy talk from people like Joy Ann Reed, and we just got to tune it out and keep on the path. Ah, that's right. Just uh, phase out the noise for sure. Drew Allen, host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. All right, so uh, you are quite busy these days. I appreciate your taking the time. Uh, where can we find your work? Yeah, so uh, DrewThomasAllen.com, they can subscribe. It'll take them to my Substack page. And then the Drew Allen Show, um, you know, anywhere podcasts are available, people listen, they can find that as well. Well, it certainly is a Mickey Mouse situation with Disney World, to be sure. Drew, thanks again for your time. Appreciate you. Uh, Always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much, Gail. You bet. Take good care. 8.50 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA. 8.55 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA. It's baseball season, and the Colorado Rockies can be heard on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 13.10 KFKA. Nice job, Micah Kilpatrick at the con and for Ryan Kelly. Yeah, it's going to be a lovely day, although it's going to be just a little bit breezy. 8.57 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA, Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications Studios. All right, wanted to get to this, as you've heard in our news. Uh, uh, the Greeley Evans School District is um, looking at uh, the renewal of that mill levy 
override. Uh, the school received $17 million in each of the last three years. Uh, from that, the current mill levy override ends in 2023. Working from Peace by Ann Delaney out of the Greeley Trib. Uh, as a Greeley Evans School District 6 uh, financial officer said this week, the renewal of that five-year-old mill levy override tax is critical and foundational to future district operations. You had Chief Financial Officer Megan Sponsler saying that if the tax uh, that sunsets in 2023 is not continued by district voters, the school system that serves more than 21,000 students in the Greeley and Evans areas would face what uh, she referred to as a difficult budget decisions with the sunsetting of this mill levy override at the end of 2023, District 6 is in a discussion phase on whether to run a renewal election this year or wait until November 2023. This according to District 6 Chief of Communications, uh, Teresa Myers. What are your thoughts on that? Let's discuss tomorrow on Mornings with Gail. All right, big shout out to Micah Kilpatrick doing a great job over the past couple of days at the con behind the glass. Thank you, Micah, for all that you do. Some special programming notes. Uh, We've got... uh, Rockies at Phillies coming your way at 1025. So what do you want to do? Lock it right here. 